Throwball Spa. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now, here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Cow with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. Good Wednesday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports. Right here on 98.1 FM, the sports animal. We're sure glad to have you along for the next hour. We've got all kinds of stuff going on out there. Could the Saudis be coming to Tulsa? Live golf. Is it coming to Tulsa? Some reports out there. Uh, yesterday surfaced that uh, there's a good chance in May of next year we may have Live Golf in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Does that excite you at all? Does it disgust you at all? Do you even care? Speaking of do you care, U.S. men's national soccer team advanced yesterday to the knockout round of the World Cup. Christian Pulisic, he's been kind of the poster boy of U.S. soccer uh, since the qualifying for the twenty, what would that be? The twenty eighteen Cup that they that the U.S. did not qualify for as a young guy, just getting on the scene that day with the with the the lone goal, might have gave up his ability to have children for the country. And he went crashing into the goalie, but it's a, a cool moment there for uh, U.S. soccer. We'll talk about that. I know people. I know there's people out there that don't want to talk about that, but listen, here's the truth of it. It's the, it's the biggest thing in sports around the world, right? The Someone world asked Cup. me last night, "Are you a are you a soccer fan?" I said, "I am about every four years." I'm an America fan. There you go, better answer. Don't you want America winning? Of course. I mean, let's just be honest. How embarrassing would it have been if the Americans lose to the Iranians? Yeah, I don't want to lose to Iran in anything. Anyhow, we'll talk about that. College football playoff rankings released last night. There is a top six. Who still has a chance in the top six? I've got some what happens if, some scenarios. I love these scenarios, Jared. I love them. And if things hold to form, at least what they are right now, new blood. We'd have, for the second straight year, half of the playoff would be comprised of teams that have never been there. USC, TCU. Is that good? Is that good for the sport? Talk about that. And then high school basketball last night. An amazing finish up in Hammond in that boys game. We got a little sound from that that we can play. Uh, We'll talk about what happened in the Paragon schools. Rankings also were released on Monday uh, that we can start kind of looking at and get an idea of where everybody's at in the first release of the rankings. In Class A and Class B. Hollis started last night. Elk City starts tomorrow uh, on the basketball floor. Doesn't even seem possible, right? Like, wait a minute. Football just did it. Here we are. Yeah, I'm not panicking with getting stuff ready. <laughs> I'm good. Hey, I've got rosters. I've got I've got rosters, well, at least for Elk City. So the hunt for Carl Albert boys and Ardmore girls will start today as well. 225-9698. Is the phone or the text line? That's 225 9698. Give us a call, shoot us a text. We can talk about any of those things or whatever else might be on your mind. Just feel free to chime right in. 225 
9698. If you're going to be outside the listening area, a couple ways to stay in touch with the show. Log on to KADSAM.com, download the app. The app's got it all. Three radio stations, the Penny News, the brand new edition of the Penny News. Hit the website last night at midnight at thepennynews.com. Pick up a free copy of the print edition of the Penny News in some locations today, everywhere by tomorrow. Then, of course, Big Elk TV and Paragon TV. Hoops, hoops, hoops. Starting now and going all the way through the first week of March, hopefully the second weekend of March, uh, for state tournaments in the in the bigger schools. So it'll be a lot of fun The uh, on the uh, the app. And, of course, the Skinny on Sports podcast. If you missed the show entirely, you can go back and check it out on KADSAM.com or iTunes. Jared, how are you? I'm well. How are you doing? Just fantastic. It's it's I'm I'm having a hard time adjusting my brain to the fact that it's time for that it's time for uh for basketball. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, the weather definitely is basketball weather. Yeah. Chilly, chilly. But yeah, it's it's it there's a little adjustment period there. Go back and find where I saved those score sheets that I'd print out to I might have fill out and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Not so you got to get back in that groove, you know. Get your your mind right like every Tuesday and Friday, in this case, Thursday and Saturday for you. Yeah. Tell us what happened last night where you were on the high school basketball. I did it again. Hardwood. I left my score sheet downstairs. Um yeah, uh, on the road, canoe on the road at Visai and uh canoe girls Handled uh, a, a rebuilding Visai team, a reloading Visai team. They played at one, I mean, I counted six or seven sophomore and freshmen in that game. They're just a team that sh- you see it every once in a while where they got to reload and, and uh, start a new base, and that's what Visai is doing. I don't no doubt that they'll get back to um, a state tournament contenders like they have been the last couple of years. Uh, but yeah, they are struggling. But Canute, uh, they're playing at a high level. Uh, played very, very well. Destiny Jackson, the freshman, played very, very well. Uh, and the other usual suspects. Everybody got to play last night. And I do apologize. I left my score sheet. I was prepping for everything you asked on the on the uh, rundown, except for that. Um, easy win for them. They improved to uh, it's five and zero, right? Six and zero, and. Um, yeah, six. Canute boys uh, came out. It was a tale of two halves in that one. They were down 28-22 to 22 to an undefeated Visai team. Came in, we'll talk about rankings, came in in their first rankings at 17. And uh, Visai, you go there, it's never easy to play. Coach Billy Haley has a big team. They're big, long, and fast. He goes to his, uh, his bench frequently almost one at a time just rotating them in uh very well coached and very tough um and they were taking the fight to canute and um again canute trailed at 28 to 22 at half and then it's it was like canute decided well we're going to take the fight to them and they started forcing some turnovers in the third quarter uh outscored visai 11 to 4 in the third and um outscored them at 18 to 16 in the fourth and held on to uh, win that one and uh, give Visai their first loss of the year. Canute kind of, once they figured it out uh, with the their young guys, 
I mean, talently and athletically, they're they're there. But once they all kind of got on the same page, and it appears they're doing that early, um, they're they're playing some some good basketball. And it started with the defensive side of things, uh, so it was very impressive. And I was thinking about last night on the drive home is um, they've only been 100% healthy on that team one game this year, and that was the very first game against Eric. Uh, and then the younger Winery, Keaton Winery went down with the hand injury. He was out for a couple weeks. Well, once they got him back after this Thanksgiving break, come to find out Jake Butler's gone out with a hand injury. So um, they have not been 100% is what I'm trying to say. So it's kind of exciting if you're a Canute fan to think once Butler gets back and they're all 100%, 100% healthy, uh, they could be uh, a pretty decent athletic team. But that was a that was a really that's their best win this year against an undefeated Viseye team on the road uh, that came in ranked in seven uh, or uh, they're in Class B now, uh, ranked seventeenth. But Viseye's a good squad; they'll be fine. And um, next up, Merritt, which is always going to be and it's at Merritt too, and that's always a fun matchup. And it's going to be Merritt's first game, and I think that girls game could be a doozy because Merritt girls went to state last year, and we all know about Canute girls, so uh, might tune in for that one or head on over to. Uh, to Marin, watch that one. Should be fun. So Canute gets a sweep, uh, 59-33 over Vice in the girls' game, 54-48, as you mentioned, in the boys. Uh, the other results from last night, Leedy swept Sharon Mutual easily, 79-14 in the girls, 71-19 in the boys. I mentioned Hollis uh, got their season started. Uh, Lady Tigers uh, lose to Blair in the first game, 41-29. The Tigers behind uh, head coach Graydon Steinmetz. It's a name that we all remember, uh, obviously, from Fort Cobb. He's the head coach down there for the boys. 95-29, Hollis all over Blair in the boys game. Uh, Sentinel and Eric split. No, nope. I'm sorry. Sentinel swept Eric. Two good games, though. 31-28 in the girls, 40-34, to <clears throat> excuse me, in the boys. Hammond, Lady Warriors dominant uh, again uh, as they they check in at number three. In the rankings, the first ranking of the year in Class B, 61-34 over the Cheyenne Raiden Lady Bears. And then the boys game. What a finish. So Set it up for us. Okay, so it's uh, it's 37-33. Hammond leads with like six seconds left. Cheyenne has the ball. They get an and one opportunity to make it 37-35 with like three and a half seconds left. They miss the free throw and then foul with 1.1 seconds left. Okay, so Hammonds goes the other way up to shooting to 1.1. Hammond misses both free throws. Cheyenne gets the rebound and immediately calls timeout. So they have .8 left on the clock, inbounding underneath their own basket, can't move, you know, because it's not a it's not like Hammond scored. So they cannot move, have to stay put with .8 seconds left down to, and here is what happened. Throws it long, be tipped away, shot up on the buzzer, and they're going to call that good. Warriors stun here at the buzzer. A catch and threw at the prayer. 
38-37 is your final. Cheyenne wins. 38-37. Did we get those names? No. Darn it. If somebody knows the names, Texas, 225-9698. It was 24 in black for Cheyenne on the baseline. Throws a you know a baseball pass from kind of underneath the goal left to the right wing ish and left handed number twelve. I, I mean I, I suppose he's left handed. If he's a righty and made that shot. <laughs> oh, that'd be now crazy. we now we really got a story. Uh catches and just fires it up and the angle from where the camera was on Paragon TV was perfect. Yeah. For this shot. Because he fires it up, and you're like, that's going in. Yeah. Or at least it's right on line. And, I mean, it was nothing but the bottom of the net. And Cheyenne wins 38-37 over Hammond, denying the Warriors their first win of the season in heartbreaking fashion. But the execution from the Bears on that play with that little amount of time, I mean, just flawless execution by Cheyenne. And that was that was awesome. I think there was confusion in the gym as if it even counted because it was 0.8 tenths of a second left. There was a, everyone was kind of looking at the ref like, are you going to count that? And he counted. It was, cl- it was out it, of his hands. It was a no-doubter. Yeah. I mean, the ball was clearly out of his hands when the buzzer sounded. As our man Ed Crabshaw on the call right there, he's taking over the Hammond broadcast, and I think he kind of heard it in his voice, like, they're going to count? He was yeah, kind of like, what happened? Said, that that counts? <laughs> but, man, that's that's rough. And got to make your free throws, kids. Make your free throws. Yeah, just one, and you go to overtime. Yeah. That's why the that's why you start in practices with it sometimes. That's why coaches harp on it. And I know it sounds boring, but <laughs> that's that's why. That's why it's the difference between a win and a loss. You know, a lot of times though, miss, after missing the first one, if it's if it's me, I, I would I would want to miss the second one. Yeah, yeah. Just to make time, you know, is, is, Cheyenne, gotta, yeah. is Cheyenne prepared enough to be able to realize what the situation is? Because are, are they just going to grab it, and fire it, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or, or you know, trying to, or, or do they have the presence of mind to okay, call timeout? You know, because they, they, it wasn't like they were coming out of a timeout when after they fouled. I mean, it was they they fouled, went to the other. You know, it's like okay, let's all pay attention. And so, it just the the execution, the late game, outside of the free throw shooting, really from both sides, because Cheyenne missed the one and the the, the and one, and then Hammond missed both of them uh, there to ice the game. But man, just awesome, awesome execution uh, by the Bears there at the end of that game to to get the timeout called in in enough time to have a chance at that shot that, that, that uh, then that play was executed perfectly as well. So tough break for the Warriors, obviously, trying to find that first win. But uh, kudos go out to the Cheyenne Raiden Bears on being able to to execute like that and win that game. Just snatch victory out of the jaws of defeat. Mm. All right, let's look at the rankings. Yeah. We kind of mentioned, uh, I don't remember if you said it on air or off air, you and I yesterday, uh, that the rankings were out. The, the first uh, – the first of what'll be what? Gosh, six or seven before the the district brackets are drawn up in the first of February or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't think, as far as Class A and Class B, boys and girls, the in my mind at least the easiest choice for number one in any of those four 
is Class A girls. Ceiling's the defending champion. They bring everybody back, almost, if not everybody, off of that team. And it was a young team, too. Lots of sophomores were on that team that won it a year ago. So, for me, they still haven't played a game yet. Um, but at least to start, until you see you know, you know, see what ha- what happens on the floor, but to start, Ceiling certainly appears like well, far always, and away yeah, the team. To, I, I mean, I know you're, you're a big guy of yeah. who – but, okay, let's say that Hydra would have won that game last year. Right. I by, see, you know, right, right, right. It's not the same Hydra. Yeah. Without I, the Berkey twins. Absolutely. Still I, a good team, but not – Ceiling just is loaded. Ceiling, it was an easy, it's an easy choice. I think so too. Yeah. Uh, when you look through there, you mentioned Canute, uh, seventh in the first ranking, which would put them in a really nice position moving forward as far as uh, one of those top eight seeds. Uh, undefeated six and zero. Also, interestingly enough, Canute did get two first place votes in this poll, which. Um, so did Hydro. Yeah, Hydro got one. Canute got two. You know, Riverside, Surreal, Caddo, Van Oss, the other teams to get. I, listen, I, I, everybody's got their opinion. I, I understand that. Heck, Tushka got Tushka down there. At 15, down there, at fifteen got, got two. Yeah, I understand. It's everybody's opinion. You've got this. You've got that. But I find it hard to believe that there are. Let's see, four, eight, eleven, twelve, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, eighteen coaches out there across the state of Oklahoma that wouldn't put Sealy number one. Yeah. I, it, a lot of it is. I was having this conversation last night. A lot of it. A lot of it is. It's just a matter of okay. They look. Canute's uh, five and zero, oh, uh, and uh, oh, they beat Hydro. Okay, yeah. Because Ceiling hasn't played a game yet. Right. That's a big part of it, I think, and that'll kind of even itself out. But I mean, I think Canute is uh, where they should be, right there around seven. I'm. Some would argue maybe a little higher, and uh, because their body of work so far looks pretty impressive, taking down Hydro and uh, getting some nice wins. But I mean, there's going to be some tougher tests on the way. Uh, Friday night, for one, uh, the the five county. Oh man! I but, mean, if they can uh, go through the five county, I mean, of course you'd have to go through Hammond, who's uh, what number three in Class B. So, um, but yeah, you want to be in that top eight. And get yourself in a good position to have a clear path to the an easier path to the big house. Yeah, they've got a chance to to move up these rankings. No matter, no doubt about it. With you know, we don't see two A yet because a lot of the teams haven't played, so we don't know where Merritt actually sits in those rankings. Um, you know, last year as you mentioned, state tournament team in Class Two A, uh, where, where the Oilerettes, and they've got a bunch back because they just have a bunch of players out there right now. So if you can figure out a way, if you're the Canute Trojanettes, looking at that five-county bracket, you'd probably have to beat Merritt twice in a week and then also take down Hammond. If you were able to win the five-county tournament, you're talking about two wins over a top 10 to 15, 2A team for sure, plus number three in Class B, Hammond. Yeah, that would turn some heads for sure. Uh, Or, well... You would like to think it would turn some heads, but we know how some of this goes at, at times with these rankings. But that would certainly be feather in the cap for Canute. I mean, but it's not just them. Hydro Weekly sitting there at number 10 in Class A, starting out 5-1. and one. Uh, Nine. Huh? Oh, you said Hydro Weekly. You're talking no, about no, Arepo. I'm sorry, Arepo. I'm sorry, Arepo. Uh, Arepo Butler at number 10 at 5-1. and one. Look at what they've got. They can have Leedy, which is a top 20 team in Class B. 
then number three, Hammond, and then whoever comes from the other side. Yeah. Lady and, then, and then the Tuesday after the tournament, they host Canute. Yeah. You love small school basketball. You get, you get those scenarios, get those back-to-back-to-back right. awesome situations and yeah, games. A, yes. Arapo Butler's another chance. And, and then Hammond. Hammond and Merritt both. You know, the Lady Warriors have started out dominant, as as you would assume. Uh, the one win over, uh, well, two wins over ranked teams with Rappo Butler and Leedy. But they also have a chance to kind of prove something. And then you look down that, you look a little bit further with what they got coming. You see Ceiling. You see Duke. You see Canute. You see Merritt. Plus the tournaments that they'll be in. So that's, uh, you know, the, I, I love next week. It seems early for me as coming out of football, right? I mean, it's like, oh, my gosh, the first week of the season or the first week and a half, the five counties going on. Yeah. God, that's that's quick. Well, not actually because by the time yesterday and then uh, on Friday, you're talking about seven to eight, nine games depending on who it is. You're looking at a third of the way through the season, and then you get that litmus test of what the five county is. Right with a bunch of good teams in it on the boys and girls side. So uh, it's always a, a kind of that if you split it up in thirds, you know, you've got the first third that kind of is over with the five county. I get there's some maybe some games the week after heading into Christmas break, but that's kind of the boom, there it is. All right, five county week. How, how's everybody shaking out? Then you come through January with the two tournaments, and as soon as that second tournament week is over, the third week of January, okay, where's everybody at? Brackets come out, then it's time for playoffs. So you know that's way in my mind how it kind of, you know, you've got with with the with the way that the the calendar works, it's vitally important for some teams that are hovering around that eight spot, either above eight or below eight, that right out of the gate, that first tournament week in January, is the one that really matters. Because by the time you get to the second week, a lot of that stuff, the, the rankings are kind of already locked in with what for, for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So the this tournament week and that first tournament week in Class A and B are huge as far as trying to give yourself the easiest pass possible toward a state tournament berth. Right. Yeah. And it's, again, every game means something, it feels like, at this point because of what you said with the rankings. That's that's so cool, and and I think that and this is no offense, and maybe I'm wrong, and maybe it's just people like me. But I think once you get into next week, with this, it comes at the perfect time. The first tournament week comes after football's over, in most places, right? And so you start to get a, a little bit more. I don't know, paying attention is if that's the right word or a little bit more focus from everybody. Like, okay, football season's over, basketball season's starting type of thing. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. see the so the week of the 20th, that's the final rankings. And playoff pairings are released the 27th. So you do have both of those both of those tournaments you have a chance put your best foot forward right because that's what the sixth through the fifth through the seventh or something on the calendar and then the 21st yeah so you're, you're you get both i was thinking maybe you didn't but you do get both and then the 27th 
that ranking after the second week of tournaments in January, that's when it's locked in. How much does it help? Have we talked much? Did we talk much about the boys' rankings? Did you touch on those? Go ahead. Oh, how much? Well, I mean, you know, when you have, uh, you know, you got Arapaho girls at ten and their boys are at eight. It obviously helps with for the OSSAA to say, okay, both these teams, one's in the top eight, other one's right there at ten. It's easy to give them a regional. Or not have to send them far. Does it make sense? Oh, sure. So how much it does that? I mean, that helps a lot, right? I mean, obviously, I'm thinking about Canute. Okay, they're seven, and they can hang around that top eight. The girls, but then their boys are unranked, but they appear to be playing a little better basketball. So if they can continue to do that, maybe creep into the 15, 14, 13 range. Sure, it helps a lot, right? Yeah, I mean, there's a natural spot, I think. when you think about Canute, if they could, if both teams were there inside that top eight, I think there's a natural spot to host a regional. It's not Canute, but it's five miles down the road at Burns Flat. Oh, which, right. Which is not a home gym, but close. I'd rather go eight miles west. Well, <laughs> that too, <coughs> Coach Hunt. <coughs> that you know, that's there too, but. You know, it just seems like that's a yeah. And the OSSA has used Burns Flat as they a have. regional They've spot. They've used it as a sub site. Or, last or year the host, they did. yeah, or or the host site too. I mean, right. it just depends on kind of depends on who who's there. No, and, nothing and against all that. Burns Flat. Yeah. I'm not trying to. Sure, I, that's a it's a fine facility. I'm I'm just. But I mean, yeah. we've seen that happen where yeah. you've got yeah either a sub site for a regional or the or the main site for a regional, which is yeah, it's not your home gym, but it's pretty darn close. Oh yeah. Uh, to be able to be there. And then, of course, then you start thinking about Southwestern. Uh, Cash is always one. Chickasha is always somewhere. Uh, Woodward feels like kind of the Class B hub mm-hmm. for Northwest Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, Leedy and Hammond kind of go back and forth. <laughs> you know, sometimes they split. Sometimes they're in the same they're in the same boat going the same way uh, every now and then. It feels like that's not that doesn't happen very often, uh, especially with the way Leedy's boys and girls have been – to the level they've been over the past decade it's just a it's a simple route right Mm -hmm. you host district you host regionals you go to woodward for area uh when when both teams are in the top eight yeah so those are definite advantages there's no doubt and that's so that's why you get your chance here then you work on everything over the christmas break then you have to come out i mean just you got to come out hot right just ready to go because that time is so short and, and the practice time is so little for those first couple of weeks of January, because you're constantly on the run, you're constantly playing. I mean, how many January is a whirlwind of games? You got tournaments too. You have at least there's a, that one week there that everybody's in a tournament. We, two call, weeks. Two weeks. Call the, it. I call it tournament week. The very it, first week when you come out of Christmas break, you most people play Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Mm-hmm. Then you have a week of just regular games. Some will, some will take advantage of it. One of those nights off. Some won't. You know, it's, the bigger schools can't because a lot of them didn't start till December anyhow. Small schools, you get that luxury of maybe having a day, having a Tuesday or a Friday off in between. And then, yeah, boom, third week of January, you're playing maybe Tuesday. Maybe you get Tuesday off, or if you do play Tuesday, then you're Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah. And that's it. That's right. That first week, after when you get back from Christmas break, that first week in January, I know the Merit Tournament's happening. Mm-hmm. And there's local schools in that, obviously, Merit. Canute's in it. I haven't seen a full break. I know Frederick's in it. I don't know why I know that. And then 
the West Central is the third week. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's just a ton of games, ton of tournaments. Um, what What's up in Woodward? The Oil Center? Or the, the Oil Center Classic. That happens up there. I know there's always been a term in Hinton. Yeah, we got a lot of schools. Elk go. City goes to Hinton. Elk City goes mm-hmm. there, and probably mixed in with some smaller schools too. I bet. Oh yeah, Fort Cobb was there last right. year. Community Christian was there last year. Uh, some different schools. That Ceiling were there. has a good tournament. I think about that mm-hmm. that first week. Hammond uh, used Hammond, to have the, the Warrior, Warrior Classic. Yeah. I know that's that has to be. It's first because then the Bi County is the third, the third week in January that a bunch of these schools oh, will go the, to. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's yeah. the third week. So that's so important. January, if you can be a hot team in January, you can be sitting pretty by the end of the month with your playoff draw. Yeah, so the – okay, let's think about the dates here. So the poll opens the 20th. Is that a Friday? The 20th of, of – January. Yes. So that's the tournament week. And then they close the 23rd. So you do get the whole, you do get that that tournament week in for Class A and B because that's the final ranking from Friday till, I guess that'd be two Monday, and then the poll shows up Monday afternoon. So you do get that, you do get both of those weeks to to put your best foot forward in Class A and Class B, and then you come down in the last February third. So then that next week. The 27th through the 30th is when the final rankings for 2A through 4A will happen. So, just an, another week. So, both, everybody gets both of those weeks in order to, tournament weeks, yeah. to kind of solidify things. Hanging out here on a Wednesday, college football playoff rankings released last night. I thought they might throw a little curveball at us. With USC being number five instead of number four, just to to drum up some suspense for what's going on this weekend, but they didn't. Um, so you've got Georgia one, Michigan jumps to two after knocking off Ohio State, which allows TCU to jump to number three. USC is number four, followed then by Ohio State and Alabama. The last week of the regular season was last was was a week ago. Now you've got conference championship week. USC will get Utah out in Vegas. That's Friday night. TCU plays Kansas State on Saturday morning at eleven. Michigan will get uh, Purdue at night in the Big Ten championship game. Then Georgia and LSU is the SEC title game. A little bit less suspense in the SC, in the SEC as far as the playoff is concerned with A&M knocking off LSU. LSU now 9 and 3. Hard to believe that a 9 and 3 LSU even with a win over Georgia would be able to make it to the playoff. No, it's not not the way they looked last week against A&M. Right. 11 yeah. and 2. Now you got something to talk got, about. Yeah. But 9 and 3, I don't think that's happening. Hard to see that jump. So, uh, you have any problem with the way it's the, the way the order is? No, I didn't. I um, I'm actually pleased with it because I I I know what you're saying. Inserting some some drama gets eyeballs on television and, and all that. But this seem it just seemed like this year the playoff rankings each one have been 
pretty obvious and clear cut. And this didn't change for me. I, I felt like this was what it was going to be, at least the top four anyways. Shoot, top five. I figured Ohio State would drop right there at five. But And that's the drama right there is with Ohio State, and we're about to talk about that, of the scenarios here. Okay, so what happens if everybody wins? Georgia wins, Michigan wins, TCU, USA wins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what's going to be. You think you think that they have nothing changes, nothing, nothing moves. changes, nothing moves. Uh, you can't put a one. I can't see it. because of the way the committee has ranked these teams all year long. I don't see them breaking their their mantra here of 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 how they're doing it. If you got these three undefeateds, they're one, two, and three as they stand, and then USC would be number four with a one loss. I don't see any change there if all four win. How many of these teams? Now, here's – okay, so the question is, what if uh, USC wins by going for it, going for two, down one in the final play of the game, and they struggled again with Utah, but this time they pull out the win, and now the committee's going, yeah. Here we go, a Lincoln-Riley defense in the playoff again. Do we really want to do that again? Or there's Ohio State. I mean, there's there's always that. But because they're going to hoist a trophy with one loss, I think conference championships mean something. I'm trying to insert some drama. <laughs> yeah, and here's the truth of it. the Because the argument's going to be between USC and Ohio State. Yeah. I think you can make the case and make it pretty well that the Pac-12 is better than the Big Ten. They've They've kind of – well, they've had a lot of ranked teams. We're looking at them right now at SC. You got Washington. You got UCLA. You got Oregon. You got is Utah even ranked? Yeah, Utah's yeah. I'm sorry, 11. 11. I look past them. Oregon State. Yeah, you can make that argument. Uh, let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six. Six teams ranked in the top seventeen of the country. One, I'm just going to do an experiment here. One, two, three, four, five. Oh, they slipped in Mississippi State. Six. <laughs> so the Pac-12 has just as many ranked teams as the SEC here in the final ranking. But then you, it, it, what people will start to do is, okay, take the – best Pac-12 team versus the best SEC team. Take the best Pac-12 team versus the best, you know, standings-wise, the best uh, Big Ten team. Who would win those? And then two and three and four and so on and so on. And that's where that's where people start to, start to argue. You see? Big Ten's got three teams, so here's the problem. I can see where the Pac-12, if they match up team for team, top to bottom with the Big Ten, the Pac-12 could have an edge. Oh, my gosh, yes. Yes, right? Heck, yes. Yeah, because the Big Ten is just like two teams and everybody else. I mean, S. well, they've got three ranked in the top uh, ten. And you always forget about Penn State. I do. But, yeah. And nobody else is ranked. And Michigan-USC, that seems fairly toss-up-y. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't think you'd ever – Probably more people would pick Michigan than USC. But I don't know that it's just a runaway easy choice, right? Mm -hmm. So then Ohio State would get Utah. Uh, They played last year and won a heck of a Rose Bowl. 
Yeah, you true. know, I mean, we've seen. You know, what I'm saying this game at Utah had every chance to win. Are you Are you sure Penn State's going to beat Washington? I'm not. And then you got Oregon State, Oregon, and UCLA still that are in the top 17 in the country, and no more Big Ten to be found. We'd have to go down through the conference standings, figure out who they are. Yeah, right. Who are they going to play? Here's what I know, and it's it. The stat doesn't work out quite as well since Iowa laid an egg against Nebraska last week. But this isn't even the Pac-12. The Big Ten, the Big Twelve. There was a chance that the worst team in the Big Twelve had beaten the West Division champion on their home field. Iowa State beating Iowa. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. A, a team that went one and eight in the Big Twelve. Four and eight overall would have beaten the Big Ten West champ. Huh. Anyway, yeah, uh, I, I think if I think if everybody wins, the top four is going to be the same. I but do I, too. I I do think there's there's a segment out there that that wants Ohio State in there bad. Now, here's the next scenario. What happens if everybody wins except TCU? TCU's out. Georgia one, Michigan two, SC three, and that opens the door for Ohio State. So how? Okay, okay. What happens if Michigan loses? Now, haha. I wrote all this down. I didn't write down that scenario. Well, it's, <laughs> I'm trying to make a point here. If Michigan and TCU loses, or just no, no, Michigan? no, no, just Michigan. Just Michigan loses. Michigan loses to Purdue. Oh, that's such a bad loss if that happens. Could I, happen. Seen crazier things. The, the the this isn't a very good one because here's the deal: you can't put Ohio State over Michigan. They just beat them. Right. Neither team would have a conference title. Then I, it just reshuffles the top four. Michigan four. So it's SC be, and TCU in the middle. Yes. In what order we want to put – you'd have to put TCU, too, with an undefeated. What happens if Georgia loses? Same same, thing? Same thing. Just reshuffle it. Boy, if you're TCU, you probably don't want that to happen. If – to have Georgia lose? Yeah, because that means you'd probably be two. They'd probably be three. SC would still be four. Mm -hmm. But my point is – so – but my point is – Georgia and Michigan are guaranteed a spot no matter what happens yeah, in their title I, I game. I think so. So why not TCU? Uh, they, there were some TCU games has there. The, yeah. TCU has a far superior strength of schedule mm-hmm. than Michigan, it's, than Georgia. It's the sad reality, the sad fact of the brand means something. The brand on the helmet in the conference you play in. Do you think uh, – It's I'm, not fair – but that's what I think will happen. It's not fair. I don't agree with it, but I just think that's what that's that's the sad reality of it. Let's say, what if TCU was in the SEC? Well, I mean, they'd be in if they're undefeated. Exactly. But because it's the Big Twelve, and there's always been that perception of, well, yeah, they're undefeated because they play in the Big Twelve. Look how bad Texas and OU is is not as good, and OSU just they. They've fallen off a cliff in the middle of the season. It, it's just that. I mean, that's – and, I again, I don't agree with it. It's not fair, but it, it 
that is the sad reality of the state of college football is brand and conference you play in matter. Michigan has two top 25 wins. TCU has five. But it's the most classic college Georgia, football helmet Georgia, versus a frog. Georgia has two top 25 wins. TCU has five. SEC. <laughs> SEC. Ohio State has two top 25 wins. TCU has five. And Ohio State has a loss. It's ridiculous, but you know I've actually seen one national writer saying this the, the playoff should be set right now because the regular season's over. Mm-hmm. And these four teams are clearly the four to choose. But I'm I I, I agree with some of that. The, but these games, it, USC has to win. I agree with that, except for USC. No, USC uh, yeah. has to win. They cannot be a two-loss non-Power 5 champ and get in over Ohio State. No. I, I disagree with that because that's their trump card. Right. It's being able to win that game. So that you know, that's my next question. What happens if USC loses? Ohio State just gets their spot and that's it? I think so. Now, I mean, who else could you argue to be there? I think people will argue about Alabama. Well, the two losses loom, though. I think they'll argue about Alabama, and then I think all of a sudden these top twenty-five wins that we don't give credit for TCU will start mattering because, like in the coaches' poll, Bama's four and two against top twenty-five teams, where Ohio State's two and one, so they've won twice as many games against ranked teams, and they lost both games on the road at the end where Ohio State got blown out in a, in a half on their home field. You can hear the arguments in your head, can't you? I mean, I can. I can hear Feinbaum now. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. I mean, you know, Saban. Saban on game day Saturday yeah, morning. I mean. Pleading his case. Sure. And meanwhile, back at the ranch, I understand why Tennessee's behind them because it's not the Tennessee team that beat them, but they shouldn't be. They have the exact same record. Tennessee beat them. How in the hell are they behind Alabama? You can use the Hendon Hooker injury excuse, in which I'm sure that's what they would use. But we've seen that game. We saw it. Yep. Tennessee won. What happens if both of them lose? When if, I say both, I say what I mean, what happens if TCU and USC lose? Well, that's easy, Aaron. What? Chaos. I know. So what 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 happens? Okay, clearly Georgia, Michigan one and two. Yes, I agree. Okay, I thought long and hard about this. If they both lose, get USC out. There's two losses. Sorry about your luck. You're out, Trojans. Um, This is going to seem weird. Ohio State's in. I think TCU remains. This is the scenario where they stay, but they're not going to put – Ohio State above TCU because they don't want the rematch with Michigan. You see what I'm saying? I do. So I think they keep they put TC they keep them at three, and Ohio State four. I hadn't thought about the order because they can they can justify it by saying, well, TCU played for a conference title. Oh yeah, they you, won the regular season. They conference. won. Yeah, you did not Ohio State, mm-hmm. but you're in and you get Georgia. Okay. 
I hope that's what would happen. Yeah. I hope. Yeah, but I go and then I go back to brand. What about your helmet theory? Yeah. Then there's Are you totally for dun, sure? Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> you totally for sure. <laughs> yeah. That I, TCU yeah. losing the Big 12 title game especially. I guess here's the thing, we're going to know we're going to know this. This is going to be talked about. You mentioned you mentioned uh, Saban on game day. Mm-hmm. We're going to know this Saturday morning because Utah and USC play Friday night. So if ah, Utah beats yeah. USC Friday night, Saban's going to have his He's, cell phone handy. He, yep, he'll be on. No, no, no. He'll be, no, phone. that's what I'm saying, he, to know when to leave on the private jet to get to wherever they're going, which right, I assume is right. Atlanta. He will be in person. Although they're calling the uh, – Herb, Street, Herb Street's calling the game in, in Dallas, in Arlington. Okay. For the Big 12. So maybe they're there instead of the well, SEC. I don't know where they're at. I'll have to look that up. Uh, but anyhow, you know good and well that the Bama drum beat will get louder and louder and louder and louder if USC is beaten by Utah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because think of those helmets. Speaking of – well, USC's is out. But still, think of those helmets. Two Big Big Ten, two SEC. Oh, yeah. You would think that they would figure out – I'm like you – you, but how do you put Bama third? You can't move Georgia out of one. You know to create the the Big Tw- the Big Ten SEC match. I mean that's that's what you'd have to do to get Michigan, Bama, Ohio State, Georgia, right? Or maybe you just go okay. This should have been the SEC title game. This should have been the Big Ten title game. Have at it. And then that assures us a Big Ten SEC national championship game if you just let them play each other again. Of course, we haven't seen Bama Georgia this year. I think – I don't know. I don't know. My my brain tells me it would be Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State – in Alabama. My heart tells me, ah, they'd hang they'd they'd keep TCU there. Because they went undefeated in the regular. There's no way they're gonna put a two loss team that didn't even play for their conference title in over an undefeated team going into their conference title game. No way. And then you realize who that two loss team not playing for the conference title is. Yeah. And I wish I had I wish I had a hundred bucks. Back when I back when we talked about those odds after Bama lost the second game. I can't find out where game day is at. Question is why not TCU out with one loss? I'm not saying I would. We're talking about what we think would happen. Right. And we think because they're TCU, that's why they get knocked out. End of story. Wrapping up a Wednesday with soccer and golf. Well Well, I can understand one of those sports we're talking about. U.S. But men's soccer. national team, soccer. we got to talk about the World Cup. Of course. They defeat Iran 1-0 yesterday. Move on to the knockout stage of the World Cup, the, the last 16. Christian Pulisic sacrificed maybe his last name, future, in scoring that goal. 
calling it a pelvic contusion. It's a nice way of putting it. And then they hold on to win one nothing. Um, it was, I, I think, it was like reading the Twitter comments from people that follow it way closer than I do. A lot of uh, a lot of angst there in the final say twenty minutes when Greg Burhalter, the head, the, the the manager or whatever the, the coach of the team, went into a defensive shell. It felt like Iran was just peppering the ball toward the box, toward the goal. A couple of times it looked like they might have scored the one just wrapped around the outside of the post from the box, and then the ball was loose, rolling toward the goal, and one of the defenders kicked it out of there. But the job gets done, and now the U.S. will play Saturday morning against the Netherlands in the knockout round. Is this already a successful World Cup for U.S. soccer? Absolutely. Absolutely, because I think at least what we got from Iran, oh, Scotty Garrison, was that this was the start, the build, the the base, whatever you want to call it, for the uh, 2026 World Cup. Like that was that's the cup, that's the tournament that the Americans could be uh, a serious contender in. But uh, for them to get to the knockout stage, to get out of the group stage, to get it to the knockout stage with this, what, what is the youngest team in the World Cup, second youngest team in the World Cup, what average age, about 20? Is that what I got 20 yesterday? 20-something, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah it's absolutely uh, it's very successful d- despite what happens on Saturday. There are a lot of soccer fans on Twitter. Let <clears throat> Maybe tell you something about Twitter. Uh, anyhow, <laughs> I'm teasing, sort of. Uh <laughs> But there, there was the the things going around from from Burhalter and, and you know the soccer fans are just like any other fans. Uh, they hate their coach. It seems like. But for the first time, I, th- I think the first time ever in a World Cup since well since the inception of the MLS. Yesterday was the first time that the starting eleven did not have an MLS player on it. And people were fired up about that, hmm. thinking, "Hey, you know, we got guys." There's guys on this team that play a higher quality of soccer for their clubs than just MLS. Why aren't we using them? And so that that the first eleven yesterday did. Now then, as soon as the substitution started flying, I was seeing comments. Oh, here we go again. Berhalter's MLS guys are going to blow it, and you know that didn't happen. It got close, but didn't happen. So it doesn't matter what sport, Jared. There's always griping about coaching. That's what I've figured out. Agreed. Do you think yeah. they got too conservative at the end? Here, here's my question. For me, it felt like it was inevitable that Iran was going to score because the U.S. never had the ball. Yeah. But I think for for more, for uh, maybe less novice fans that are out there, that's just the way it goes. You you have to you you can't get beat because you're trying to push forward. You know. And that, that's my answer. I, I think they probably should have stayed aggressive and, and continued to. Because how how long? But what if you give up before Iran even got a shot on goal? All right, it wasn't the first half. You see what I'm saying? I do. But at the same time, is is what they were doing at the end equivalent to a uh, to like a uh, Jeff Levy ran offense? No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm talking about Iran when they were pushing. You know, with all the you know 
with the the U.S. and the defensive posture that they were, mm-hmm. is that equivalent to like a hail mary being caught, getting a that. goal in that situation? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it, without really understanding and, and watching the game as much as a lot of other people, was it all to do about nothing more than you think? Like oh yeah, that's what everybody does, and you defend and you just don't let them score, right? Kind of like a you know, just knock the ball down on a on a hail mary and you win. And they, there, there's a reason why you remember Hail Mary's being caught because it just doesn't happen very often. Right. So maybe it was a little bit like that uh, for for the normal soccer fan, and they're just sitting there going, "Oh yeah, of course we're dropping back and we're playing defense, and that's that." I don't know. Maybe Scott can tell us, help us out with that. But it, he might come in here with some <clears throat> face paint on and. Oh, that a, game was Friday. U- USA soccer scarf and. Do you think he'll have his kit? Isn't that what they call it when you their jerseys, their kit? Oh yeah, probably. Yeah, you know, I did some shopping in the city on uh, Saturday and Sunday, and it, it's everywhere. They got wow. yeah, hats, shirts, hoodies, all kinds of cool stuff. And I'm with you. I mean, I mean, yeah, USA, USA. But the Dutch are going to be tough to beat. They're good. Are they? <laughs> You want to bet? I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm not betting against the Americans. I'm not doing that. Oh, that's real cool, Jerry. I'm not going to do that. <clears throat> but now it's yeah. But as back to your first, is this a successful World Cup? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it is to too. get to the round of sixteen because of what you said about the youth. And <clears throat> yeah, it's great, and and you want to advance as far as you can in this one. But being able to have the experience of getting through the group stage into the knockout stage and then what that feels like, the pressure is like for these young guys this year has to pay dividends in four years when it looks like the U.S. might actually be somewhat of a contender with the youth on this team and, and how much that you would assume those guys would grow into, you know, kind of having them all in the in the prime of their year or the prime of their career, excuse me at the same time when the World Cup is here on U.S. or well, on North American soil anyway. So, yeah, I think it's a it's a definitely success. Jared, would you go to a Live Golf event in Tulsa? No. Why? Uh, would you go, I okay, think I'm well, Team well, PGA with Would that you go answer. to a PGA Tour event in Tulsa? Well, I was going to, but, but I, I couldn't. I don't know, would you go to the live? Depending who's going to be playing in it. I would I, I know that's out there, but they they haven't put a date on this, have they? May. This May? Coming up is what's being reported. It's not official, but that's kind of what's being reported. It would be May of twenty twenty three. Cedar Ridge would be the golf course for the Live Golf Tour event. Well, I mean, who's playing, right? Well that's what Who's going to be in it? I wouldn't be stopped because it's not the PG because of Live versus PGA. Because I think a lot of the people supporting the PGA Tour are turning a blind eye at where some of the money, a lot of the money, comes from from that tour. Using you know, talking out of both sides of their mouth. Mm-hmm. Well, Saudi Arabia is horrible. You know who else is horrible? China. China. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. If you don't believe me, go look at some videos. <laughs> now that Twitter allows them, people being welded shut into their 
apartment building. Internment camps, basically. Yeah, they got those built. What are they for? Yeah. Hmm. Anyhow, I wouldn't be stopped by that. Who would be playing? I mean, here's the thing. Those guys will all play because they only play like five times a year. Right. So why wouldn't they? You know, live versus PGA, PGA versus live, whatever. It really comes down to who. Who's going to be there? Yeah, if and you got Cam, you've got Cam and DJ and all the all the top players on the live, which you will have, I, I I believe, unless they're hurt, just because they don't have a taxing schedule. There's no reason for them to skip that tournament because they only get so many chances to play. Right, I think it'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. Plus, there's not as many people that'll be there. That's true. You get a better, you get a closer look. That's true. You know what I mean? Yep. Or you'll heckle a player and lose your head. I don't know. Ah. You got to try it out. <laughs> don't pick up their ball. You might lose a hand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if they ask you to kneel in the bunker, don't. You've been <laughs> listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered.